This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. We've been talking about the Canada Disability Benefits quite a bit over the last few weeks on the show. But what we have to say doesn't necessarily matter as much as what a parliamentary committee has been saying in studying the law that could create the National Disability Benefit, Bill C-22. Megan Gilmore is here to recap some of the highlights on what the committee heard and tell us what happens next. Hey, good morning, Megan. Good morning, Dave. To clarify, we've actually been talking about this since 2020 when it was first announced. Yes, yes. But I mean, the last couple of weeks, we've really been bombarding the conversation on this. And it started with you. You you deserve the credit, Megan, because you're one of the people who really throws these things on our radar and then I chew them to death. So that's that that's that's this relationship that we have here. It's it's totally a codependence. Uh, Megan, we need to start with a civics lesson. Because people, sometimes the eyes glaze over when they think about federal committee uh, committees. So what is this committee doing? Sure. So I'm going to take a step back for a moment. Um, when a bill, for a bill to become a law, it must go through three readings in the House of Commons. And then, of course, it goes to the Senate. And after the second reading in the House of Commons, which is the first reading that has a debate, after the second reading, the MPs will vote to send the bill to a committee, which is what happened in this case. And a committee is tasked with studying the bill. They'll bring in witnesses. People will come and they'll talk about the proposed legislation, how this could impact their life. People will write letters to the committee, giving their thoughts about uh, the law. And then after the committee hears from witnesses, uh, the members of the committee, made up of members of uh, all political parties, will go through the bill clause by clause and give suggestions about where things could change, et cetera. Um, And then the committee will write up a list of amendments and send those back to the House of Commons, which means that when a bill comes up for third reading, it may look a little different than it did in second reading. So the committee, if anybody's interested, uh, that studies Bill C-22 is HUMA. It's the human resources, skills, and social development, and the status of persons with disabilities. So if there's a law uh, that has to do with supports for persons with disabilities at the federal level, it will likely be studied by HUMA. When I was a young pup in the spring of 2001 attending the Forum for Young Canadians, a chance for politically-minded young people to see how power was brokered in the halls of parliaments, one of the special accesses we got was to sit in on a parliamentary committee. And I'll never forget sitting right next to one MP who, during the French translation, would spin his earpiece in his hand and look over to us young people and go, this is pretty boring, isn't it? So uh, that gives you some sense of the people we send to Ottawa to uh, be part of these committees. Nonetheless, Megan, there are important things to be discussed here. And let's start with the Minister of Employment, Workforce Development and Disability Inclusion, Carla Qualtro, no stranger to this show. So Minister Qualtro spoke to the committee in October. What did she have to provide to them? Sure. So one of the main topics of conversation around this legislation, on this program and among parliamentarians is the fact that all the details about this benefit are being left to the regulations, which means that Parliament would pass 
this bill into law saying we are going to create a national disability benefit and then decide how that will look in regulations. So um, obviously, Minister Culture was asked a lot of questions about specifically what can you tell us about this benefit? Um, and one of the first things is the timeline. So when do we anticipate that this uh, legislative and regulatory process will be done? This is what the minister said. She anticipates that it will take 12 months after the bill passes to pass the regulations. So that's a year. Uh, so that would mean, like, let's say, best case scenario, according to Minister Qualtro's uh, proposed timeline, people could start receiving the benefit in 2024. So if if the bill passes at the end of this year, beginning of next year, giving year of regulations, we're looking at 2024 for people to start receiving benefits because we also have to work with the parliamentary budget cycle. Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very important. Yeah, it is. Um, it is important. Yeah, it pol is, poli it, yeah. politics are hard, man. And, and there is a schedule like you. They have a timeline for how they do the budgets, all those types of things. So you're trying to meet targets for like budget consultation, all those types of things. Second has to do with negotiations with the province. The minister has been very clear in all her communication about this benefit that uh, provinces are and territories are not to be clawing back. Uh, existing disability supports if individuals are receiving this benefit as well. And that would include even things like if you're eligible for like a free bus pass mm -hmm. or, or things like that. Like she doesn't want any clawback. So um, update on work with the provinces. Uh, the provinces and territories have all agreed to a work plan. Um, and there will be another meeting about this in December. Uh, but there has been an agreed upon work plan among all the provinces and territories. And then finally, when we get to amounts, so people want to know how much money is going to be in my bank account, uh, that actual final amount of the benefit will depend largely on interactions with provinces and territories. Megan, we know there's no such thing as unanimity amongst any community. But as people are taking a look at the early stages of this bill, what are the things that people agree on? Right. So the first one is urgency. Right. Um, so uh, several times at uh, the committee hearings, uh, there were stories alluded to, um, not much details was given, but stories of individuals who have considered or been approved for or applied for medical assistance in dying because they cannot afford to live on the disability social assistance rates in this country. This morning when I was logging onto Twitter to tweet about this segment, the first tweet that appeared for me in my feed was a tweet of an individual saying, this will be my last tweet I've been approved for made because of disability poverty. So uh, that, that is, it's huge, it's, hu it's huge. Um, but then the second main thing I would say that there's a lot of unanimity, unanimity, people agree on is the need to <laughs> is the need to have people with disabilities involved in the creation of the benefit. And we can talk about a little bit more, but those are the main two things. We need this, we need this now, people are dying, and we need to have people with disabilities involved in creating this benefit. Okay. So we we agree on those things. I think that's that's pretty much well understood. Yeah. Even though we're still maybe short on significant details, what are some of the things that people already want to see change? Right. So uh, there have been about 100 briefs submitted to this committee. So that's written letters from individual citizens or people speaking on behalf of organizations saying this is why we need a benefit or this is what it should look like. Not all of those have been made publicly available yet. Uh, but from what 
is has been made publicly available and from the testimony of the committee we're starting to hear some things what people would like the aoda alliance um in ontario has been really spearheading a lot of these conversations about things that they would like to see changed david leposky who's the chair of that was on the pulse recently discussing this with Juita gupta um but other organizations and individuals also want there to be changes. So don't just think this is the AODA, like this is AODA Alliance. This is a lot of individuals calling for changes. I'm gonna give you some from the AODA, some from other people. The AODA Alliance basic position is that the law itself must be made stronger and we can't leave everything to regulations. Um, so some things we would like to see is in the timeline, um, this means two things people would like in the legislation there to be a timeline for eliminating disability poverty. The AODA Alliance mentions this right now. The text of the bill talks about reducing disability poverty. They say that's not strong enough. We want it eliminated and we want a timeline for when we can expect this to be eliminated in part or in whole, just like we have that with accessibility standards legislation, right? We say like Ontario would be fully accessible by 2025. That was in the law. Why don't we have a timeline in this law? Uh, and then they also want a timeline for when regulations are supposed to be created by and when people will receive the benefit. Everybody wants this to be done before 2024, before the timeline that the minister gave. Right. Go yeah. ahead. And then a big one has to do, Dave, this will not surprise you, definitions. So uh, Bill C-22 does not define disability specifically. Interesting. Um, and many organizations want to see the definition found in the Accessible Canada Act used in this bill, particularly because that will include individuals with episodic disabilities. So let's say I have MS, I have multiple sclerosis, and sometimes I'm able to like work, like I have a job, I got diagnosed, I'm still able to, to, to do my job, but then I have a flare up and I'm not able to do my job as I, as I would under normal circumstances, that would be captured by having um, episodic disabilities included in the definition of disability in the bill. Um, and then things like uh, some people would like uh, a minimum amount of the benefit established in the legislation. Others would want it specified that the amount will increase uh, index to inflation or increase to the disability cost of living or increases every year, that types of thing. Um, then there's things about reviewing it frequently um, and that the benefit be developed at the same time as a national employment strategy for people with disabilities. Uh, Thomas Simpson from the CNIB told the committee that the Canada Disability Benefit must be designed to be a trampoline from poverty to employment rather than a net to catch people. So there's also a lot of discussion about employment for individuals with disabilities. Megan, you laid this out a little bit in your first answer. So don't go too far on this because part of it is speculation. But what are yeah. the next steps from here? Okay, so what uh, we've been told, if you go through committee um, meeting minutes, is that committee members need to submit their amen amendments uh, by the end of the day on December 2nd. And then this committee will begin clause by clause discussion on December 7th. But we need to remember that Christmas break for Parliament begins on December 16th. Mm -hmm. So it does sound like the committee is starting to move towards their clause by clause discussion and discussing how they would like to see the bill change. But we don't know yet when that information will be coming to forward to the House of Commons. And Megan, you've taken in some of this, some of this process, some of these hearings. What stands yeah. out to you so far from this process? Um, there were 
more briefs sent to the committee than I thought there would be. I'm a bit of a pessimist in terms of people engaging on public policy about disability policy. So I, I was happy to see, um, like, there's 100. That's three digits. That, that's good. Um, there is a lot of repetition of many themes, so I like to uh, know that people are actually agreeing with some things. And I also did feel like we needed weeks and weeks and weeks of witness testimony. Um, I feel like people should kind of have an idea of what is, of what is going on. And it's such a short piece of legislation. I'm like, like it's it's very short as we've discussed yeah, on this yeah. program. Like I'm not sure why you would be discussing this for weeks. A um, couple of things. Um, I agree wholeheartedly, like with every fiber of my being, that it is a problem that we have Canadians with disabilities in this country dying um, through government funded means um, because of poverty. That's like, I 100% agree with that. Uh, just a bit of nuance to the whole made uh, Canada disability benefit conversation. Even if we have, and this is just me talking, even if we have a national disability benefit Canadians with disabilities will still be able to receive made on the basis of disability because of the wording of the criminal code. So if you want to go after the whole made thing, yes, this is part of the puzzle, but the legislative framework for medical assistance in dying exists in the criminal code of Canada. That's a different law. There's more legal strategy that you would need to do that is tailored towards that piece of legislation. Right. This you have, you have, you have yeah. to leave made in its own category. We can talk about how made is a is a factor in this conversation, yeah. but it's not like this isn't the place for the made conversation. Well, they, they, they overlap, but it's like you can give people all the money that they want. And there's other factors like psychological factors, emotional factors, like philosophical factors that go into the conversation about made that money cannot solve. So like made is right. And, and that becomes this huge bog down factor that if you spend half the committee talking about made, as opposed to like framing good, good legislation and a good bill, we're going to get lost in the weeds and we're going to lose people. So yeah, I, I, I agree, Megan, like there's, there's a huge economic component to this and an economic urgency. And certainly what you've identified there means yeah. a lot and matters. Megan, we got to get out of here, but thank you for this. You're welcome. Have a good day. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.